You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today, the message is entitled, Winning the War Against Worry. Winning the War Against Worry. And we're starting a new series. This is number one in your provider. We have been talking about your healer, that God is our healer. And we've been focusing on that. And today, we're transitioning into... God as our provider, but the two go together, and I'll share that too. And there's some things that I still want to say about God as our healer and about healing that I may pick up in a few weeks' time, but today I felt the need to share this message and to begin thinking about these things. So winning the war against worry, I'm going to pray, then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your words of life. I'm asking you to give me grace to share and that you would deliver us from worry and that you would teach us, Jesus, just like you taught your disciples on the Sermon on the Mount, how to overcome worry, how to live worry-free. Just as you taught them, teach us again today Let these truths come alive to us and strengthen us and fortify us on the inside. We believe you to do mighty and great things today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, just before I lead you in the prayer, uh, Tina, can I get you to shut that door and close it, just the outside door, Uh, just because sometimes there's noise out there that comes in. But I like to have that door open for worship, because then the worship goes out into the city. Hallelujah. So if you could put your hands on your hearts and pray this nice and loud with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. 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 Lena, can I get you to lower me on uh, channel one just a little bit? Once we close the door, then I can really hear. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's good. Thank you. So winning the war against worry. So our opening text, and I I hope you can all see the screen. If you can't see the screen, uh, feel free to get into a position where you can see the screen. Our opening text is Matthew 6.25. Matthew 6.25. And this is Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. And in this section, this is one verse from the section on worry. Uh, But in this uh, verse, Jesus is teaching us about how to overcome worry. 
And he says this, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And look at that last question there. In this section of scripture, there's five thought-provoking questions that Jesus asks. And this is one of them. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So in order to overcome worry, he's teaching us what is the meaning of life. That uh, it's more than food, clothing, paying the bills and all the natural things that we worry about. So the theme this morning is this. Jesus has given us genuine wisdom about how we can win the war against worry. Jesus has given us genuine wisdom about how we can win the war against worry. And the main question that I'm going to be asking and answering is, how can you overcome worry and anxiety about life? How can you overcome worry and anxiety about life? How can you overcome worry and anxiety in your life? And this begins a new series for us. As I was saying, we've been focusing on healing and how Yahweh is your healer. That's good news. And now we're fading out on that subject, and we're fading into Yahweh is our provider. Uh, Yahweh provides, or Yahweh Yireh. In Hebrew, Yahweh Yireh, you would have heard it as Yahweh or, or Adonai Jireh or yeah, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, there's no J sound in the Hebrew, so it's Yireh or Yireh. So Yahweh Yireh, Yahweh provides. The two are connected. The Yahweh heals and Yahweh provides. The two are connected. Worrying about provision steals our health and life, leaving us sick both mentally and physically. Have you ever been there? Modern scientific studies have shown the correlation between negative stress and reduced lifespan. Uh, however, it's not just modern scientific studies. It's an ancient uh, it, it has to do, uh, it, it was, that, uh, that wisdom was in ancient uh, wisdom literature. Uh, it's ancient wisdom, and I'll read to you the Sirach, uh, which was written between the Old and New Testament times. And the Sirach, written between the Old and New Testament st times, states, and this, in this uh, book, uh, you can see Jewish wisdom, and here it says, Jealousy and anger shorten life, and anxiety brings on old age too soon. Did you hear that there? Especially that last part. And anxiety brings on old age too soon. Well, this is written over 2,000 years ago, but modern science is seeing, yeah, that is true. That is true. The good news is Jesus gave his disciples wisdom about how to live a worry-free life. This doesn't mean you're not going to experience worry. Uh, worry is a part of life, and it, it attacks us. But if you listen to Jesus, 
you won't be caught in the web of worry or sucked into its black hole. The worry is like a web. You get stuck in it. And then well, the spider comes for its prey, so to speak. So it's like a black hole, too. You get sucked into it, and there's no more light. So again, how can you war against worry and win? How can you war against worry and win? And at the end of the message, I want to share a story of provision that happened around six months ago. Uh, and I, I've never shared it publicly. I shared it a little bit to some people, but I want to share a story of provision. That will be at the end. So, so thinking about worry, <laughs> I found this recently. Never-ending story when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, Valerie, do you see this? Valerie, look at this screen here. Never-ending story when I was a kid, and never-ending story as an adult. <laughs> we have piles of dishes, lots and lots of clothes in the basket. And, you know, the cleaning doesn't stop. It's ongoing. It's every day. But we have to see that life is more than dishes. More, if Jesus was speaking to us today, he would say, life is more than the dishes. Life is more than cleaning. Uh, life is more than uh, doing the washing. Those things are means to an end. So what is the end? That's the important thing. And here's another thing that I found recently. Here's me, and then there's this tsunami-like wave coming. Here's uh, me, and then my to-do list. And the to-do list usually is always... Uh, much bigger than what we can do. And this is, part, this is part of life. So the first thing, the first piece of wisdom that Jesus gives us is store. This is the S, store. So I'll get back to this, but today my three points spell S-O-S, the international distress single signal. <laughs> The international distress signal, a call for help. So the first S is store, and we're going to read this. I'll read it quickly, then we'll read it more. But Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, did I say Matthew 5? Oh, so I have a mistake up here. <laughs> Apologize for that. It's Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 24. Not Matthew 5, not Matthew 6. Uh, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So again, I'm spelling this SOS and mainly focusing on the S and the O today. Now, have you seen the old 
Berlitz language advertisement. The, my ship is sinking one. I'm going to see... Uh, I'm going to see if I can get it up here, find out what, <laughs> sometimes I don't know what speaker it's going to come out of. If you can unmute two for me, unmute channel two. Thank you, Lena. And see if we can get this going. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. Das Gerät und das Gerät. Überlebensradar. Speaking German. Hello, this is the German Coast Guard. We are sinking, we're sinking. What are you thinking about? <laughs> so German Coast Guard here. Am I? I'm, I'm still on. Um, Man, did you mind putting up uh, one again? I think uh, I'm going to need to get my mic a little per, uh, repaired because it seems to go up and down. Um, the German Coast Guard, what are you, you know, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. What are you sinking about? <laughs> and, and it's an ad for improving, improving your English. Well, this is the SOS, SOS in Morse code, and it's, so it's three dots, short dots, dot, 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 and it was a way of signaling for help, and uh, most of us know it, uh, but it's not really used anymore because it's been, it's outdated. Uh, but very dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot is S SOS. And SOS is quite interesting because it's both a palindrome and an ambigram, which means you can read it both backwards and forwards, you know, backwards and forwards, SOS. Anna's name is like that, A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, uh, a palindrome palindrome, and then it's also an ambigram, which means it could be read upside down. So you can read it upside down and right side up at the same time. So if somebody wrote it into the ground, there's no confusion. If somebody wrote it in the ground and someone saw it from above, there's no confusion because you could read it both backwards and forwards as well as uh, upside down and right side up. So that was one of the reasons why SOS was used. Now, some say in the beginning it meant uh, uh, it was an acronym for Save Our Ship or Save Our Soul. But according to the Reader's Digest, originally it was none of these things. That only came later. The Germans developed it in 1905 to be a simple and unconfusing way to call for help. So SOS is symmetrical and can't be confused with something else. As you can see, it being a palindrome and an ambigram, it's uh, symmetrical. And God also hears our calls of SOS. So he hears our calls of SOS. That's one of the aspects of prayer, calling for help. 
It's not the only aspect of prayer, but one of the aspects of prayer is calling for help. And God hears our calls for help. Look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing. Have you heard of this before? I'm not too sure if you heard of it. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So let your feelings of worry and anxiety be a trigger for you to pray and also for you to thank God. Notice that it mentions thankfulness because when you thank God, you remember what he has done, who he is, what he is doing. So that thankfulness with prayer is so important in this battle against worry. So you're feeling worried, you're feeling anxious. Uh, I was experiencing this on Friday. I, call, I was here, I called up Anna. I said, Anna, we need to pray about something. We prayed about it on the phone. And eventually, as you pray, you give it to God, you start to experience the peace of God in that situation. Hallelujah. The situation may not be solved yet, but you have a peace for it. You have God's peace for it. So what does my acronym for SOS stand for? Well, it's based on the three main things that Jesus taught about overcoming worry in Matthew 6. Ah, there it's right. Matthew 6, 19 through 34. And the first thing is store. Storing your treasures in heaven. Second is observe. I'll talk about that later. And the third is seek. So see if you can say that with me. Store, observe, seek. So those are the three things. The seek part I'm going to have to develop more in weeks to come. This week we're focusing more on the store and the observe. Or we're just focusing on store and observe. And I'll read this part of store to you, uh, which I read before, but we'll read the whole thing here. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, and here it means single, or it, it could be an idiom for generous, uh, the idea of it being undistracted, single, devoted, focused on heaven, focused on God. Uh, this is what Jesus is talking about here. And there's a wordplay going on in the Greek the eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, single, undistracted, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for he, 
he will either, uh, sorry, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, or God and mammon. It's like wealth personified almost as an idol. And so here he's talking about our eye being good. And if our eye is off of heaven, if we're distracted by the cares and worries of this life, our eyes become bad. Darkness starts to fill us. When our eyes are focused on storing up treasures in heaven, when our eyes are focused on what is eternal, then we're filled with light. Otherwise, it's like our, the, the lamp of our eyes is is dimming down because it's focused on this world and the things that are passing away. We don't want our focus to be on things that are treasures on earth because treasures on earth, moth and rust can destroy them. Thieves can break in and steal. But treasures in heaven, they are uh, eternal. They cannot be stolen. And when you have your treasures in heaven there, your heart will be also so to overcome worry, we need, a, we need a fundamental shift in how we view life. To overcome worry, we need a fundamental shift in how we view life. Your focus needs to be off this life and directed toward the life to come. So what I'm living for is not the things of this world which pass away. I'm living for that which is eternal. I'm living to make disciples of Jesus. I'm living to sow the kingdom everywhere I go. I'm living to sow into the kingdom. I'm living to help and work, co-labor with Christ. I like to say it like this, to co-labor with Christ to build his house. Uh, I'm working to win people to Jesus. Um, I'm living for eternal things, to be a reflection of Christ on earth, because I know this earth is not everything. There's more to come. And so my focus is off of this life, and it's on the life to come and glorifying God and things that last, eternal things. Do you see that? Shift your vision from earth and its stuff, which is passing away, and shift it toward heaven, which is eternal. So shift your vision from earth and its stuff, which is passing away, which is passing away, and toward heaven, which is eternal. I'll say that one more time. Shift your vision from earth and its stuff, things that are passing away, and toward heaven, which is eternal. So shift it from earth to heaven. Let that shift happen from what is temporal to what is eternal. Be what you shakeable kingdom. We see a great example of that with Daniel and Diane out on the road, giving away Bibles, talking to people about Jesus, praying for them. We see a great example of people that are living for the unshakable kingdom. Oh, they could say, you know, we're at an age where we can take it easy now and relax. We'll just go caravanning and have cups of tea by ourselves. And uh, don't, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be bothered. You know, I just want peace and quiet. You know, look at the ocean and, and then maybe enjoy, enjoy a little chit-chat here and there. Uh, they could say that. And that's what the, you know, when 
you're getting older, that's what the average Australian may do. But they are like, no, 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 we're living for the kingdom. We're going to get out of our comfort zones. We're going to talk to people about Jesus. We're going to spread the good news. We're going to uh, give out Bibles. We're going to pray for people. And uh, we're going to take some time to rest, but we're going to bring the kingdom into our, our rest time too. So I see a great example in it, Daniel and Diane, and I see a great example in all of you too. I can go throughout the room. But this is, this is the way we should live. The whole Sermon of the Mount, and we're going to be talking more about the Sermon on the Mount. The whole Sermon on the Mount is an instruction guide. It's like a constitution for the kingdom. It teaches us what a disciple of Jesus is. And last year, I felt like the Sermon of the Mount for God's people was thrown to the wayside. It was like crumpled up and thrown out. And with God's people were chasing all sorts of other things. We need to get back to the foundation. A disciple of Jesus has a single, undistracted eye toward God and his kingdom. There's a simplicity that at the clear, the clear eye that he's talking about is a singleness of eye. It also could be translated as a, a simplicity, a vision. There's a simplicity about their life. They live for eternity, not the treasures of this world. Now, we can fall into worry in, in two areas. One is we don't have enough money. We can't pay the bills, so we're worried about that. But it's not just the poor that worry, the rich worry too. Because now all of a sudden you think, oh, if I got rich, I won't have any worries. No, no, no. Now you've got riches. Now everybody, you can't trust anybody. Who really is your friend? You know, everybody's knocking on your door wanting a piece of the pie. <laughs> and, then, oh, and then you're worried about how is this going to be stolen? Who's going to take this from me? I'm going to lose it. And so then you're worried about, so the worry doesn't just come when you don't have enough. It also comes when you have a lot. And then you're worried about who's going to take it and how is it going to be lost. And then same thing, you know, when someone is not healthy and they're sick, they may be worried about death. Uh, but it's, when you're healthy, you can also be worried. When am I going to get sick? Oh, no. <laughs> right? I'm doing good. When am I going to get so, so worry is something that no matter where you are in the spectrum of life, no matter how good your life is, it can creep in and attack you. But if you're living for the kingdom, it takes out that worry because you're living for eternity. You're not living for the treasures of this world. A disciple stores treasures in heaven. And so they're looking for the eternal award. And when you store your treasures in heaven, then no one can steal it. And they live to sow by the Spirit. And I want to encourage everyone to be a sower. I believe this room is filled with sowers. But I want to encourage you to continue to be a sower and to sow by, spirit, uh, sow by the Spirit. A sower is someone that's constantly uh, casting seed, sowing seed. They're sowing it here and there. Uh, you can sow financially, but it's not limited to finances. There's sowing kindness. There's sowing love. There's sowing help. There's sowing in prayer. There's sowing like... 
Bibles and tracts, sowing the Word of God. You know, you're sowing the Word of God today. You know, Len is helping me sow the Word of God out into the Facebook world and into the YouTube world. We're sowing, you know, and I, I, this is how Anna and I live. We're always looking for opportunities to sow. So be a sower. There's Peter and Tina with the JC soldiers, and what are they doing? They don't get much. They don't really get rewards in this life for it. They're sowing into lives. They're sowing into lives, and the reward is in heaven. And so Peter has been doing that for Antina as a, as a dynamic duo in God. <laughs> have been doing that for a while. And what happens is when you're doing that, you can get weary of doing good. Uh, weary of it, but I want to encourage you to keep on sowing because you are storing treasures in heaven, and that's what we're doing here as a church where our, our, our focus is on, on eternity and sowing and storing up those treasures in heaven. Here's something I found also recently, uh, an old Far Side comic from 1985, the, there's the pilot and the co-pilot in the front, and they're talking to one another. The fuel light's on, Frank. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, my mistake. That's the intercom light. <laughs> now, if you look, look at the eyes. <laughs> look at the eyes of the ones on the plane. They can hear because it's the intercom light. We're all going to die. You know, when you're sowing in the spirit, sometimes you feel like this. You know, it's like, oh, how, how is God going to come through this time? And we don't want to broadcast it, though. <laughs> we want to bring it to God, bring our, our signal to God, SOS, Lord, help, Lord, help. I can't tell you how many times I've said this about other things, how many times where it looked helpless uh, we look powerless. Lord, we need your help. We need your deliverance. That's what it's like when you are living for eternity. So the second thing is observe. Observe. And this is from Matthew 6, 25 through 30. I got the scripture rep reference right here. Jesus calls his disciples to observe the birds and the fields. Jesus calls his disciples to observe the birds and the fields. This is one of the reasons why when you're under stress, when you're in worry and anxiety, it's good to get outside. You've heard me say this before, but it's good to get outside. It's good to get in nature because you're getting into God's creation and you're seeing how consciously and also subconsciously, you're seeing how God provides. There's the grass, there's the flowers, there's the trees, there's the sun, there's the clouds, there's, there's the earth and everything, all the riches are in the earth. You know, the gold, the silver, the copper, the tin, all those uh, riches are there. The soil which causes the trees to grow and the fruit to come and the harvest uh, you, you're out there and you get to see, and even if you're not thinking about it, go think about it, meditate on it, 
But even though you might not be thinking about it, you're out there, and you're among creation, and it helps settle the heart. It does help settle the heart. So get out there and observe. And if you're in your house too much, I always like to be by a window too. You know, you're out and you, uh, and many of these messages, Anna knows what I do. I go to my backyard cafe. (laughs) Some of you have been to my house and seen the backyard cafe. It's just a table. It sounds bigger than what it is. (laughs) But just getting outside the house, I like to see the, the sky, the clouds, the greenery, just getting outside, the fresh air. Well, it's not too fresh because I have the insect, uh, the insect coil <laughs> to keep away the uh, mosquitoes. Now, here's the thing with living in thing: Mosquitoes, the mozzies, it's like, just like a plague out there. So you need that. And I found the only effective thing is those incense coils uh, that keeps them away but you got you're out there the fresh air that's why I like to take walks and I encourage you to do the same thing well here is after the passage we just read about storing your treasures in heaven this is what Jesus says for this reason I say to you do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe. How the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And when Jesus is referring to clothing, he's referring it's, it's a small thing representing all of life. It's, for us today, it's the house which shelters us. It's the car which gets us, you know, in a, in a city you need a car usually, except if you're in New York City, and nobody really has a license in New York City. Uh, we, you take the train and the bus everywhere. <laughs> uh, some people have a license. But in city, you have kids, you need a car, you need transport, you need petrol, Uh, there's all of these expenses. And yet, how much more will he clothe us and shelter us and provide for us? And then he says, he he tops off this with, you of little faith. (laughs) You of little faith. And so faith is an important part. We need to see and believe and have a deep conviction that, the Father feeds us, that the Father cares for us, that we're, uh, we're valuable. Even if God does it for the birds and he clothes the grass of the field with its beautiful lilies, uh, and he, we're much more valuable. He cares about us. So here he makes this uh, analogy and this connection between the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. That doesn't mean he's not saying we don't need to sow and reap. 
yes, we do need to sow and, and reap, and we do need to gather. But what he's saying is God provides for the birds. They don't sow and reap. How much more will he provide for us? How much more will he feed us? So the Lord is our provider. Here was, here's uh, something that reminds me of the beautiful flowers that God has made. This is Salvador Dali, uh, an artist. You know, he did that surreal art with the, the time and the, the melting clocks, uh, surrealism. But this is another thing he did. Uh, these watercolors. I thought it was particularly beautiful. I love the vividness of the colors. Um, and yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, love the, the beauty of it and the beauty of God. But of course, this is an artist, but the artist is just copying what God made. God is the original artist. The Father is the original artist. He is the one who, who made it all. And he, in our lives, he deals with us as an artist. He relates to us as an artist, and he's, he's making a beautiful piece of art out of our lives and out of our church. Amen? Even though we've been through flood, a flood, and even though we had the dramas of last year, and uh, controversies in the church. He is, he is forming us. He hasn't given up on us. He is our provider. The word provider has a biblical meaning. Uh, it relates to the biblical understanding of who God is as Yahweh Yireh. Uh, because Yireh, we learned it in Bible school, means... Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, uh, it comes from see. So Yireh means seeing, to see. And so it's God seeing to it. But provider also has that meaning too. I'll, I'll just break it down to you. Provider is made up of two parts, pro and videre. Pro and videre. And it comes to us from Latin, providere. And providere, uh, as you can see, pro means ahead of or for, ahead or for. And videre means see. You know, like video, we're videoing, video. Our word video comes from the Latin, and video, it's having to do with see. Videre also, see. So we have to see for. To see for or to see after. So the word provide, and we can hear it in provision, vision, of course, a vision of the eyes. So providing, uh, if I can sum it up, is this. In other words, God sees after you. The fact that God is your provider is he's seeing after you. He sees after you. And he does see our needs. He sees our needs. He sees our problems. He sees the things we struggle with. And he acts accordingly. He acts accordingly. So God sees after you. If you live for his eternal kingdom, he sees after your success. Now, God is seeing after all of his creation, even those who do not believe 
in him. But especially those who believe in him, he's seeing after our success. Especially those who are doing the work of the kingdom, who are sowing in the spirit, who are storing up treasures in heaven. He is particularly seeing after our success because he wants us to succeed in our kingdom work more than we want to succeed. You know, we want our family to do well. Well, if our family is glorifying God, he wants to see our family do uh, even, he wants us, he wants to see our family do well even more than us. Are, Are you with me here? Like we care for our children. The father cares more about Valerie, Eva, Allison, Gideon than I could ever. Now, I care for you deeply. I care for everybody in the church and everyone, even the people that are not uh, among us. I have a heart for them. I'm constantly praying for them. I care about them, but my care, it comes from the Lord, but his care is so much more than my care. And where sometimes we think, well, you know, what I'm doing is not so important, but God, even if it's little, he says, no, no, this is important. And he wants us to succeed. And Joshua chapter 1, he says to Joshua, uh, meditate on my word, obey, and you will be successful. I'm paraphrasing it here. You will be successful. So God does want us, us to succeed, especially when we're doing his will. Uh, and he's looking after those who are not doing his will. Of course, the rain comes on the righteous and the unrighteous. That doesn't, you know, people in the city think, oh, the rain comes on the righteous and un- unrighteous. That's like uh, bad things come on the righteous and unrighteous. No, no, no. Jesus would say rain is blessing. Rain is blessing. He's saying good things come on the righteous and the unrighteous. So the Father is having this care for all of creation, even people that are off the rails, so to speak. And like what I said before, and I'm coming to a conclusion soon, I put a lot of work into this, but I didn't want to uh, overload in this message. I was holding a little bit back so that in the weeks to come, I can share some more. But getting out in nature is a good cure for worry. Why? Because you are seeing God's handiwork. You are seeing God's handiwork. So the first thing we're talking about is storing up your treasures in heaven, living for eternity. The second thing is observing how the Father provides, knowing that, hey, we're even more valuable. We're valuable. And one of the biggest One of the biggest lies of Satan today for this generation is to take away people's value. Kids don't feel valuable because they don't look as good as a person on Instagram. We look at other people's lives on Facebook and say, oh, they are having much better time than me, and so (laughs) we're getting jealous. But guess what? We're all struggling. We're all battling. We're all fighting. And we're not posting everything. Uh, but we, ha- we uh, more than any other generation, we have trouble knowing our worth. Uh, Peter did a, a conference, women's conference, a few years ago, all about worth. Remember that, Peter? Yeah, all about worth. 
God gave Peter three words, uh, and he had these women's conferences and went on after it. Do you remember those three words? One of them was worth. Uh, another one was surrender. So one conference was surrender. One con conference was worth. And freedom, one conference was freedom. And there was a couple others too, but I remember when the Lord gave it to him and he thought, why should I put on a woman's conference? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a man. But you know, God did, God did, and if you ever do it again, I'm sure God will do amazing things. God did amazing things through that conference, set people free. The presence of God was strongly there. It was a, it was a real joy, and it was a joy for me because I sat back, and he didn't make me do much, which was nice, right? I could sit back and just enjoy seeing uh, my spiritual sons and daughters doing the work of the kingdom. And that's really the vision that Anna and I have. It's not, I, I don't want to be up here all the time, but I will be as the Lord calls me to. And, but I enjoy, what I enjoy mo most is seeing you guys prophesy, pray, heal the sick, Preach the word. My whole goal is to equip you and inspire you to do that. And I'm, we're just kind of rooting you on. If you have a vision on your heart, let's just keep in step with the Lord and don't uh, run before him. But if we want to uh, support you in that. And I want to end with a story on provision. And I haven't sh shared this story yet. It happened about six months ago. Uh, in no, around November time of 2021. And I was waiting for some time before sharing it. I wanted it to be tested and sure. Uh, and and it, if you can remember back in September, October of last year, things got scary for our church because it seemed like everybody that was calling me, would, they were telling us, oh, Glenn, we're going to leave the church. And other people say, you know, uh, you didn't speak about the mark of the beast, the, the vaccine is the mark of the beast, and you didn't talk about that. Of course, I don't believe that. That's why I didn't talk about that. <laughs> and they came to me with all sorts of things. And at the, at the same time that all of this is going on, uh, and people are moving on, transitioning, uh, at the same time, the finances of the church were doing it was, it was very difficult. All I could say is uh, it, was it was an impossible situation. And it was so much, I, I, so it was a scary time. Uh, and I've had that time uh, often, right? <laughs> but I try not to bring the worry to you guys. I try to keep it to myself. But I, I like to make everybody know so we can pray together uh, as well. Uh, so it was a scary time for our church finances, for Bible school finances, for our personal finances. And I have uh, two very close friends of mine. One of my closest friends is uh, Koro and his wife, Tikva. Tikva means hope in Hebrew. I'll talk about that tomorrow, Tikva. So Koro and Tikva, they're my friends from New York. And uh, Koro and I have a great relationship. You know, we like the same things. He's a professor. Uh, professor, professor at one of the universities in New York when I was there. And we would go, he would teach on religion, about uh, Jewish religion in a secular school, as well as help uh, special education students. 
And we would go, you know, if I'm in New York, it's like, hey, you want to catch a, uh, want to get a coffee? And we would go to a cafe, and we'd get a coffee, and we would look at all the books there, and we'd talk about deep things. Well, now Koro and Tikva, they migrated to Israel, and they live, uh, they live there in Israel, I think close, close to Galilee. Uh, one day, by God's grace, I'll visit you guys. <laughs> Well, I said to Koro, I said, this is, I said, please pray. If God doesn't come through, it looks like we're going to be bankrupt. And I was, I was uh, quite uh, distressed. And so I know he doesn't have too much money, so he can't really underwrite <laughs> anything. But I knew he'd pray. And I said, I'm believing God for testimony. Well, a few days later, I was working here at the desk uh, and I was working away at something, and the postman slipped a letter under the door here. Now, usually the letters go to the P.O. box, but he slipped a letter under the door. So I, I found it odd, and so I looked, went to open it up, and it's the ATO. That's not the letter you want to receive from the ATO, especially they don't normally slip them under there. And I open up the letter, and it says, uh, and because of COVID, I had been late on the BAS statements. And they mentioned one BAS statement that was late. Uh, it, was, it was quite late. And they said, uh, we are going to, uh, because this is late, we're going to, we, we, if, if you don't act soon, uh, we're going to take legal action and... Um, give you heavy fines. You know, so it was like legal action and heavy fines. That's what it was saying. I was like, oh, no, because uh, there's a lot of work to do for the bookkeeping for that. So I was, I was like, Lord, please help me to, to get the, the work done to get this bass. And there was a reason why it was hard to do, too, a number of different reasons, but they had made a mistake on the computer system. And so I couldn't log into the computer system and, and whatever. So I, anyway, they, this letter's here. And so I got on the phone, was able to get the system working online. And then by grace, God's grace, I was able to do the bookkeeping really quick for that bass. And because when you're late on bass, they can, an organization, they can give you very large fines. Very large. Barbara, you know, they could give you very large fines. So I was like, oh, no. I'm already at a desperate situation. How? Uh, if they give me a large fine, I'd have no idea how I'm going to get out of that. But when I pressed the button to submit the return, even though it was uh, this bass statement was two years late, that's how late I, I was on this one, it said, we have this cash bonus for you. I was like, cash bonus? I didn't expect the cash bonus, you know, two years later. Uh, and it was, it was something that they were doing for the uh, organizations for the economy. Well, they had this. So I thought, oh, this sounds too good to be true. Uh, and the cash bonus was about $15,000. And uh, we, needed, we needed more than that just to survive. But it was a good start, right? So I was... And, and, so I, I submitted it, and it said, okay, we're giving you this money. And I was like, oh, they're not fining us? Because they owe, with the bass statements, they always owe us money rather than we owe them. 
so we weren't stealing from them. But uh, I was like, I'm, I think they're going to charge us because we're late. So they're going to give us this thing, and then they're going to charge us. <laughs> they're going to send, okay, this fee, this fee, this fee. That's why I waited a little while to share this uh, story, see uh, how, how short it was. Well, it turns out if you, that if that letter didn't, the letter looked like it was our doom. But it ended up being God's blessing because God knew that, that I, which I didn't know, that there was some cash bonus for organizations registered with GST that I, I never knew. And so the money came through. Thank God. The, um, uh, the money came through. I was able to get awesome. All the best is all done. You know, it was it's done a while ago. So we all got up to date. There was no issues. There was no fines. Thank God. There was other money that they had, different cash bonuses. And then at that time, a, a few more weeks, because the need was great, a person gave a large donation. All of it came out to around $30,000. And that enabled our ministry to survive up to this point, <laughs> up to this point. And so now we face other, you know, we face other challenges. We, we face financial challenges. But I'm remembering what God has done because God did that. I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't expect that. He knew that that money was owed to us. I didn't know it. And I thought we'd get whacked on the head or something. But he knew that money was owed to us. I didn't know it. And then he had some people be generous. Now, some gave large, and many people gave, when you give your tithes and offerings, I also celebrate all the small giving, because all the small giving actually, it built, it, uh, it all, if everybody gives, what happens is the, the small giving works for uh, something bigger. Uh, it all, basically, I'll say it like this, it all adds up. And so with all the giving, if it's, you know, I've seen the kids give a dollar here, ten dollars here, and then you'll have somebody that has more means, and they may give larger amounts but somehow, through all of that, it works out where God provides. And the Lord has sustained us to this point. And uh, there was some um, things that were difficult this week. But I'm believing that if God has provided for us, he will continue to provide for us. Amen? And, and I want to thank you for you being all a part of the miracle, because everybody is a part of the miracle of being able to minister uh, the word of life. So this brings us to the last point, which I won't cover now, is seek. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all things will be gathered to you. So, Father, I just want to thank you for how you've provided and how you've provided us, provided for us over the years. If we can all stand. The conclusion is this. 
Jesus has taught us to war against worry by storing our treasures in heaven, observing his provision in creation, and seeking his kingdom first. Hallelujah. So, Father, here we are before you. We thank you for that provision during a, a very difficult time, how you provided, how you helped us, and you've kept us going to this point. And I'm asking you to continue to provide. And we just look to you that you are our provider for everyone here. There's different cares. There's different worries. Let each one here know your provision. As we store our treasures in heaven, we thank you that our reward is in heaven. But you also help us here on earth. You haven't, you're not just going to wait till heaven to help us. But you're helping us here now in this journey. So I'm asking a blessing on each person, the work of their hands, their finances, just peace in their heart that we would know that peace that surpasses all understanding. You're an amazing God. You look after us. You see, you look after us. You care for us. And we give you the glory the praise, and the honor. Hallelujah. Let us hear miracles of provision. As we prayed for miracles of healing, let us hear miracles of provision all across the board. And let us celebrate and continue to celebrate how you provide. For the large families, provide. For the smaller families, provide. For the singles, provide. And let us not be looking at tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry. Tomorrow has enough worry in itself, but Lord, let us be looking to you and to eternity. Thank you, Jesus.